time where the phone never stops ringing. Cold calls and spam emails seem to pour in endlessly. And there is always someone that wants to buy you lunch for the chance to make you a client. This is where real salespeople pitch solutions to real problems while we snuff out the BS. Welcome to the Oil & Gas Pitch Podcast with your host, Warren Spivak. Welcome to the Oil & Gas Pitch Podcast. Again, we are here at the Greentown Labs here in Houston. If you've never heard about them, if you've never seen what's going on in Greentown, they are leading the energy transition and they're doing it through entrepreneurs and it's an incubator. There's a lot of neat things going on here. Check them out. I'm going to put their information in the show notes uh, and thank you, Greentown Labs, for having us here. So any of us that are really care about the environment and you're in oil and gas and you know the ESG conversation is all around us. It's constantly happening. Today's episode is one you definitely want to tune into. I've got two great guests from the company Spock. Um, I got Dr. Ben Gully. Uh, he's the chief technologist at Spock and also the vice president, Ted Wilkie. Thank you guys for being here. So I know you flew in. Where, where are you guys from? So I'm coming in from up north of Seattle, kind of in a uh, Beautiful no man's land. <laughs> oh wow! I, I think I think uh, so. That's like Victoria's Island or something like that. Yeah. This? Well, the San Juan Islands. Okay. Yeah, Anacortes. Nice. The first uh, seal I ever came into contact with was uh, in Canada. It's beautiful yeah. up there. And you, Ted? I'm in. Uh, I'm actually currently a resident of Florida in the Florida Panhandle, but our factory's in Trustville, Alabama, and I lived there for ten years before this whole uh, COVID thing took us a little bit remote, and I took it really seriously. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you guys for flying in. It means a lot to us. And you know, one of the things that uh, came across my desk as I kind of learned a little more about you guys is Spock is a 20-year company. There's a lot of innovation going on. You guys have been on a mission to kind of take things next level. What are we going to talk about today? Who of our listeners should really be paying attention to the conversation we're about to have? The primary listeners I think we're really going for are people who are using on-site power in a lot of different ways, facing ESG goals, and looking to really trying to find win-win scenarios from those. No, a great example of people use on-site power, you know, that could be in, in drilling. It could be in hydraulic fracturing, high-pressure pumping. It could be in production, where before the utility power is brought in. We're going to be using traditionally on-site generated power. Um, it could be in saltwater disposals where we've got, you know, pipelines and then there's no power infrastructure there yet because the power companies are, are always behind the production. So, um, and then there's another another group, which is the marine segment. So, we we also have a, a business in the in both the grid and the automation business we'll be talking about that, that does uh, marine electrification. And, um, and we help people produce power on-site, uh, whether that, again, be a, a, a a pumping skid or some some sort of skid that's out in a oil field, or whether it be a boat that's floating around the Gulf servicing, you know, the, the oil wells. That's great. Well, let's dive into Spock uh, and, you know, what the company is and then this grid component that we're going to talk about. You bet. So Spock is a 20-year-old company. Um, we we use inverter technology to help folks manage their, uh, their electrical usage more efficiently. And the Spock grid business, a new business we founded this year, um, which is designed to help people produce power more efficiently. So using the same technologies, um, so, you know, you can see behind me on, on the slide, um, we've installed about 70,000 units in those 20 years. We save our customers a good part of a, a half billion dollars a year in electrical costs, um, and we save them over 3 million uh, metric tons of uh, CO2 emissions per year. So, this is something we've been doing for a while. Um, 
And talk about a hot button. I mean, like I, I'm, I've really, I've been in so many meetings, like over the last several weeks and beyond, where there is a, a lot of leadership, whether it is in renewable space or even in in the oil and gas. Sometimes, especially in the oil and gas, where knowing or discussing carbon footprint is more than ever. The ESG conversation is higher than ever. And uh, so, I would say, from a from like looking at this and even just seeing the slide. Obviously, there's some some scenes here of renewables. This is how you guys are solving the problem. It is, and it's it's uh, it's kind of funny, Warren. We've been doing electrical savings for folks, helping them manage their their uh, production in an efficient way for over 20 years. And back then, we just called it cost savings. You know, now we call it ESG, but uh, but it's not new to us. It's it's kind of who we are. It's what we do, and it's just in our DNA as a company. So, um, we, and I think it's just central to those products. Those solutions are what in, what allow you to integrate all these other things, and it's what gives you the better performance. And that's the core of it. And that's why Spock is so well, like, like Ted said, that's what they've been doing for 20 years. So, And here it is. You guys have been doing it 20 years, but it's still considered non-traditional. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So as we kick it off, so what is the big problem that your clients are experiencing? What are the people that are running these companies that might not know what Spock does and how you guys can make an impact? What are they experiencing that this solution could really make a difference? Yeah. So the main component, the real driver behind the whole thing and, and the opportunity is with the generators, uh, gen sets that again, on-site power, but, and this is where you can get into real win-win solutions. I mean, the, the bottom line is that the way we're using, uh, gen sets, uh, effectively now is equivalent to driving around only in second gear. You're not changing gear. A lot of time you're at way too high of a speed for the load. Um, these kinds of things. And, and that ties right into the fact that now we have a whole lot of technologies that are coming up that people have heard of. This is batteries, whatever you, what have you. And those all tie together. And those are what give you, those coming together are give, what give you solutions and opportunities. And I think that's then exactly what ties into the kind of the ESG side of things. And that's where those, and the ESG side just becomes so critical now for stock valuations, for access to capital, for mm -hmm. all these different things. So it's starting with the generators, but then the ESG is what's just driving it home. And what we're putting together is that as a win-win solution where you're really getting some benefit, meeting your ESG goals, with actual ROI and tangible benefit. Well, so that brings me to this this idea, which is when you're dealing with a client, you know, th there's got to be different sizes of equipment that they could purchase. There's got to be a strategy behind what the cost of different pieces of equipment would be. Is that part of the the process where you guys are figuring out not just what should go there, but how big of a of a item it should be, et cetera? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's that's the whole thing, really, is getting into that. And it really comes down to how you're using it, how you're sizing it, how you're selecting it. Being smart about all that stuff is what gives you those win-win opportunities. And it's, and it's kind of a point we really touch on, too, which is just that what these other technologies do that you hear so much about, what they're really helping you do is use the generator smarter and more efficiently. And so you can size it better, save on capital, save on operating expenses, save on gas, all these things by being smart about it up front. And those other technologies are not the end-all solution in the world. Battery's not going to change your world. What a battery helps you do is use the generator more efficiently and effectively. Really nice. I uh, So I see ESG on your slide. So let's go down this road. Absolutely. So, you know, ESG is is incredibly important. We're going to really focus on the E part of ESG, the environmental Um because it's 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 candidly what most of our clients are focused on. Um, we've seen about seventy five percent of the of the oil and gas producers in America have a, a stated EFG objectives or in a stated stated ESG um, department groups. They fund them. 
And, and there's a really good reason. Um, business that have stated and funded and developed and measured ESG objectives have better access to capital. Um, they have higher stock valuations. And I think the the, manu- the management of those companies understands that those are really, really important mm-hmm. for them. Um, capital access at, at, at competitive rates and low rates is a, is a critical piece of funding oil and gas production. And investors want to see a clear picture of how the company is really going to be going to be managing this because CO2 is a risk. We don't think about CO2 as a risk, but CO2 is absolutely a risk today. If you look at, at you know, uh, activists, um, both investors, um, mm-hmm. governments, the possibility of lawsuits, uh, those are all very real things. And companies understand that the, unless they do something, um, they're going to be uh, have a risk that that could happen from any of those any of those groups. You know, we've seen uh, Shell recently um, was found in, uh, in, in the Hague to have some, mm-hmm. some things that they needed to do better. Uh, we saw Exxon, Exxon Mobil have some activist investors be out pushing, pushing them to do more. We're seeing the same thing with Chevron. We've seen a complete turnaround from BP strategy and it doesn't, it doesn't just start when and end with the big companies, the smaller companies have the same exact pressures. No, I love this part of what you guys are saying, because, you know, whether it's angel investing or here it is, you know, I'm very involved in the oil and gas industry, the energy transfer. You do hear about again and again how people's values, they usually keep separate from their money. That was like the old way. So you're going like, I don't want my kids to smoke, but meanwhile, you own a million shares of Philip Morris, right? (laughs) It just doesn't go together. And now people really want their heart, mind, and soul to be in the same place. And those investors are looking for people doing smart things. So my question to you on this ESG portion and, and this carbon footprint what are your clients receiving from you for them to tell that story? So once they make these modifications, when they make these adjustments, what data are you able to supply them for them to go like, hey, look at what we're doing because it matters? Absolutely. So it is It is our, um, you know, when we put in a system, we're able to tell a customer how much they're saving, what, pre- what we're able to model that system. Um, and it's our expectation with a traditional system, a typical system, we're going to be able to save them between 10 and 15% of emissions um, on a process. And that's a big, that's a big yeah. amount, which, which is better than just ESG, because here's the spoiler alert, every 10 or 15% we save on fuel is profit. Mm. And that's a great thing. So now we're actually getting a return on that investment instead of it just being an expense. And this is in the oil and gas industry. You're basically saying that by them being more efficient, even in how, like, I mean, these are these are companies that literally the, the energy is coming right out of the ground right next to them. They're receiving this kind of profitability. A- absolutely. And, if, and, the, and the, the oil and gas companies are smart. They realize if they if they use it, they can't sell it. Hmm. So why not why not use it as uh, as little as possible and, and increase your profitability? Okay, so let's talk about some real life examples, like places where you've gone in and they have been doing it kind of an old way. They're stuck in the '80s, if you will, and and you guys meet them. And what what really happens from an infrastructure standpoint or from an equipment purchase standpoint? Like where does the rubber meet the road when somebody meets Spock? The main opportunity, especially that we're delivering right now, is with being smarter on your load side and how you're driving systems and reducing harmonics and increasing the performance of your whole system and how that back channels into it's thinking ahead at the same time as well. So if you're later going to be tied in with the utility system, getting that whole system to run better up front gets you into the solutions you need and gets those, you know, that's when you're, you're starting to use that newer technology and you're starting to, to gain benefit from it. I think that's a key piece of it. The other piece is we're going to help our clients understand how it is that they can specify and, and purchase the generator side of equipment, whether it's a purchase or a lease, really. Either way, it's the same. And what equipment do they need to make that really function efficiently and uh, and profitably for them? 
and, and that doubles down on, on that whole cost savings on the fuel. If we get a smaller generator, the capital purchase is smaller too. What a great, what a great pair. Okay. So let's, let's kind of circle the wagons around that. You know, I made a note here for myself that talks just about generators and knowing the load, because really what the load is, is how you can decide how to be the most efficient. What is the science behind that? Like, what are, what are the things that come front of mind that people should just consider in knowing what really they're trying to deliver to their facility? Well, and the most critical thing is understanding that load. If, if you're generating power in order to power something, that's what we're doing. So if being in the business for 20 years now of producing the actual inverters that drive the electric motors that are being uh, being used to drive the pumps and compressors and and all the mechanical driven equipment we know those loads very very well we have a long long history of doing it so we're uniquely positioned to take that knowledge base um, and then apply it to the new generation side of the business. There's a third piece of the business we're not going to really talk much about, which is our SCADA business. So we use digitalization technologies to bring mm -hmm. all that data in and it's stored on our servers and we're able to analyze it and help our clients really operate very, very efficiently using that kind of trifecta of businesses that we have. And I think that's also, that's really the key too, because it's so often the case that, that, that it's not known what that load looks like, what it's doing, when, how it's operating, how the gen set is even loaded. It's a, something that's just kind of a black black box in a lot of cases. So helping demystify that, color that in, get those details, and then take that to that point of, okay, now that we're trying to be smarter about things, what do we use? What do we do about that? That's exactly when we can come in and the kinds of solutions that we give are what really bring that all together and, and make it work. Yeah. I want to ask you about batteries, but I know you have a presentation, so I can hold my tongue if I have to, <laughs> but, um, but I know batteries is part of what you guys, um, part of the solution. And, and batteries are an enabler. That's all they are. Batteries, uh, battery, batteries store energy for you, allowing you to, to do things differently. Um, batteries are just by themselves. Batteries are just batteries. So mm -hmm. we'll talk a little bit about that later on. We don't want to ruin Ben's, <laughs> Ben's uh, super high tech battery. Talk. All right, let's get to that. <laughs> Next slide. Okay, the scope, you know, like I actually was sitting down last week with someone in California that was an energy regulator for 29 years. And I, for the first time, had someone really explain to me scope one, scope two, scope three, and, and beyond. And it is an interesting fact about how, um, how this ESG formula is working and like the carbon footprint. So I guess for everybody, let's, I mean, if you don't mind, let's start off with what that is, and then we'll kind of dive into this slide. Absolutely. So uh, let's start with the background. SASB is the, the biggest organization that is helping folks write ESG programs. Um, they're a set of standards. It's an association. It's global. Um, and people join that association and then have access to, uh, uh, to those the, the regulations, the paperwork, the formulas, and, and all it is doing is putting grading framework in place um, and a scoring framework in place because you say you're going to do better. Well, what does that mean? Mm -hmm. Well, SASB helps people do that. So in general, there's three different scopes in, in emissions and uh, our oil and gas customers really only care about the first two. So we're not going to talk about scope three much, um, if at all. Scope one is how much fuel am I burning? Where am I producing fuel directly? So let's think about that. If I have a generator and it's a diesel generator, I'm burning diesel. So my emissions from that generator are scope one, it's direct activity. Mm -hmm. um, there are also things like I'm trucking, I'm driving trucks around and the diesel that I'm burning in those trucks also counts. Um, but the, the biggest one that we see in, in scope one is really things like flare, flare gas um, generation and then gas driven equipment. Um, scope two is electric usage. So you're not burning it, 
most of us know that most power in the grid comes from burning natural gas or mm -hmm. other fossil fuels. So someone else is burning it. So if you're using electricity, there's emissions being created. And that's where we measure those emissions that are being created elsewhere. Um, Spock Automation has been in the Scope 2 business since the dawning of the company. Um, and, and Scope 1 is really what the Scott Spock grid business is focused on, is helping people use less diesel, use less natural gas. And, and those are the direct emissions that are generally front and center on most of our own gas customers' uh, minds as they're trying to, to meet their ESG goals. No, it's incredible. And like just talking about all this, because, you know, here it is, we're very active in the oil and gas industry. I had a petroleum exec, the CEO, he's like, Warren, think about Tesla, right? Anyone who buys a Tesla gets to wave their hand and think they're doing something really great because they're not burning oil and gas, I suppose. But what really does it cost from an emissions standpoint to even make the Tesla? So what I love about what you're saying, I mean, for, uh, for any of us that this is kind of a new concept to dive into the scopes, is that you're saying right from the ground, like the way these oil and gas companies are operating, you are making an impact right then and there at the plant. And so anyone that has a plant close to them or they're running it, I mean, this is the kind of conversation you want people to have and how to be more effective and efficient. Yeah, these are the conversations that we have every single day with our clients. And, and we're really, again, it's, it's, about, it's about green, but it's, it's the old-fashioned kind of green, too. Yeah, that's great. The old-fashioned kind, you mean the money in your pocket? <laughs> the money pocket. kind, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the money kind. So, yeah, so this, this slide, Spock Automation versus Spock Grid, what we're talking about, generators and that part, like this is very much a new venture for you guys. It's a mission, but you've been doing it a long time. What is the new company and what really, um, as you kind of segmented Spock Grid, you know, how is that incorporated with clients and how they're working with Spock in general? Yeah, absolutely, Warren. You know, Spock Automation, as I said, has been around for 20 years. We've been saving customers electricity for 20 years now, helping them drive their loads efficiently. Um, and, and we're a Scope 2 focused company. So, customers that want to reach out to us about Scope 2 reductions and, and saving electrical costs, which are a huge portion of your, your upstream activities, our electrical costs, um, we can do that. But really, the spot grid business is a super exciting business. We're, we're using the exact same technology that we've always used, the inverter technology, just in a different way. Mm. Um, so we're taking that, that inverter technology, and we're going to make the generators run more efficiently. Mm -hmm. um, so we've hired a bunch of smart people, including Dr. Ben, uh, as well as some generator experts and, and uh, marine electrification experts to, to help us really grow this this business into uh, into the a dominant player in our space, but the spot grid inverter technologies really is all around generation, um, on-site generation. Uh, we use a, a number of technologies, and we talked about batteries. That's of course a, a piece of what we can do, but it's not really who we are. We're about mm -hmm. helping customers. Um, hybridize and run generation efficiently. And so there has to be misconceptions. I mean, there's people that have probably considered generators and they're going like, you know, generators plus batteries or whatever it is to kind of do the things the right way. What are the misconceptions in this field and what do you see common, uh, just common misconceptions are? Yeah. And I, I think the main one is just that there is going to be a single, this is the way to do it. This is the solution where in fact, it goes back to what we were talking about the operating profile what are you trying to do what is what is your job and the reality is for each one of those there is a there is a technology that makes the most sense there is a solution that makes the most sense so there's something that is a you know there's a thing that's going to be best for you sometimes that's batteries sometimes that'll be something else and i think that's a key piece is just that 
that's what we also help do is help you find that and, and understand that the technologies we provide bring them all together. But, you know, figure out what the best one is for what you're trying to do and what you need, which is reducing your costs, mm -hmm. increasing your meeting your ESG targets and bring that all together and help you implement it in the easiest way possible. Okay. So what does that process look like? So a company calls you, they say, listen, you know, we understand that you guys are helping people off grid and do things kind of more efficiently. There's this ESG component we're interested in. What is the process? Like, obviously there's got to be a point where you guys are um, kind of diagnosing or exploring or doing a discovery to figure out what, what you're up against. Yep. And I, and I think that's, again, it's starting off with, you know, how much do you know about what you're doing is probably the starting point. And, and that's not, it's, it's difficult to know really, as far mm -hmm. as whether that power, uh, whether that power or those systems are being monitored, data collected. And that's a, a, a big piece of what we do, but then it's taking that, how much of the information that we have and we know about these systems, do we need to take that with what, you know, put that together and basically get an idea of what, what the system is doing, what does it need? And then we take that, look at it we have the component that brings all these different systems or technologies together, but then help you sort out, Hey, you know, if you're doing this, this is the way we can reduce the generator by this, or we can increase the generator efficiency by 20% or something like that. And, and really Warren, the critical part is, is that we're going to handle that for our clients mm -hmm. all the way. Mm -hmm. So we, we get involved in the very basic engineering and layout pieces. So I've got smart people like Dr. Ben on staff, um, We've got generation folks on staff. We're going to look at the load profile. We're going to talk to our clients. We're going to understand what they're doing, what their objectives are, what the time frame is. Um, if is it a lease asset? Is it a, a capital asset? And and we're going to we're going to come up with a solution and actually work on the implementation as well. And that's the cool thing. We're a manufacturer, but because we've been doing this for long enough, and it's the oil field, you have to have service. You have to have engineering support. So we we can specify all of the equipment for our clients and. Uh, some of it we provide and some of it are going to be, you know, we don't make generators. We don't want to make generators, but, mm -hmm. but, uh, but we help our clients really all the way around. We don't at, at some point hand it off and say, okay, now good luck. Yeah. And I think that's a critical piece to recognize. No, it is. And, and so there's something where you guys were talking about where like, for instance, if a company is like using their own natural gas, it's eating their own profits, right? Like they are literally taking product they could sell and just using it as opposed to having a consultation with you guys and really finding that way to tap into that 15% profitability increase, which mm -hmm. is a big number for a CFO that's trying to make shareholders happy. But let's talk about offshore. I know like you, I, I mean, I know that there's vessels that need something like this. Can we talk about yeah. what that looks like? Yeah, absolutely. And so, I mean, that's where I've spent most of my space actually is in the marine electrification and hybridization uh, market. And they're honestly, it's one of the best use cases for batteries on the planet hmm. as far as improving efficiency as far as reducing emissions as far as cost savings and all these things they're because there are redundancy requirements and what this all comes back to is the the same thing we're talking about in the in, a, in an oil field which is it's about how you're loading your gensets how you're sizing your gensets and using those technologies to be smart about it in the marine case it's essentially the same thing where you have a microgrid that's running off of gensets and you have a load that's varying and doing different things what does that load look like? How is it changing? You can design a hybrid system to be optimized to that, yet also still uh, flexible to different operating profiles and capable of doing what you want. Wow. But it's you know it's 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 like a a giant version of the same thing, but the parallels are the full way through. And then at that point too, oil field where you have multiple generators and all these things, mm. this is where it's all very much the exact same playing field basically interesting and it is there is no one size fits all so you really have to make the phone call you have to have a consultation to really know 
what the benefit would be and then what, you know, what is entailed. And well, I, I think even more than that though, is just that a lot of times if you don't, is, is if you charge down as an, if you have an idea of what the solution is and you haven't thought about it and you know, your sister's uncle said some other thing or, and mm-hmm. you bring it in and then that's not the solution. Then that's not giving you the actual savings you want. Maybe you're, you're doing it. It makes you feel good about your ESG, but you're, you know, and if it's not actually giving you the savings versus thinking about it and being smart about it, that's how you get real benefit from it. That's how you get return. That's how, that's where your savings are going to come from is being smart about it. So that's why that's the piece that we're doing is tying all that. Together. I like that. Cause it's about inspecting what you expect and having yep. the ability to measure. Yep. And then that measure really allows you to communicate not only to the public, but to investors and and even the clients and the people they're working with. Yeah. The, the measurement is a critical piece on the SASB yep. scorecards. Mm-hmm. So you've, you've got you've to be measuring, and that's why it's important for us to be able to have good modeling ability and then also the verification. Yeah. So what's our, what's our next slide? So the next slide is where we actually talk about generators. And so, so you know, we talked a lot about generators. So it's, it's a pretty, pretty robust machine. They do what you need. They work, right? What's, what's the problem? And, and that's where we're going to have Ben then talk about the, the efficiency problem with generators. Okay. Yeah. So, so, I mean, getting to those exact same points, which you can see here is just, this is the, the fuel consumption curve for uh, a generator, a genset, uh, pretty standard really. But the main thing you can see is just that the low loads, when you have a very low loading on the generator, you're going to have a lot of inefficiency. You're going to mm-hmm. have a lot of wasted fuel. And you can see here, we've calculated as that's how much is actually wasted. So, I mean, if you're running there at 20%, you have 20% of your fuel costs are just completely mm. superfluously gone into thin air kind of a thing. So, when you really look at this, this this frames also what you're exactly trying to get at. Because when you look at the generator, when you think about things in terms of the generator, that's when you start to get to those solutions. And again, that comes back to the point of you don't put in a battery and the battery does everything and the battery saves the day. What the battery does is help the generator do its job. The mm-hmm. generator, every all the power, all the all the capability is ultimately coming from the generator. You want to help it be able to do what it what it can do. Okay, and I have to ask. So, if somebody is watching, they're going, "Okay, like we believe the generators. We might even own one." Do you guys actually sell these generators, or is it more so just the technology behind using what's already there? And we don't we don't sell generators. We sell the electrification piece of the generator. So there's a a generator has an engine portion, and then there's an electric uh, generator a generator attached to it. And there's some controls and things that come along. And those are sold by all sorts of different generator companies. We're not one. We're mm. not going to be one. Uh, but it's our job to help those pieces of equipment run really efficiently. So that's great. I mean, people just sometimes you know, especially when you're on a show where you're pitching the value of what your company does, people's defenses come up and go like, "Oh, they're going to come here and sell me millions of dollars worth of equipment." That's not what's going on here. You guys are actually doing the calculations and helping them kind of uh, navigate the world of off-grid kind of electricity uh, in a big way. And and this is a space that really our clients are are not. This is not their comfort zone. If you look at the engineering staffs at the average oil and gas company, I think you'd find most of them are geologists, petroleum engineers. Off-grid electrification is not the core skill set of our of our client base. So it's important that we're able to help them and and act as as a partner to them, um, both on the on the the technical side, but as well as on the product and service side. Okay. So it's 2021 ESG. I, you know, we've, we, I don't want to beat the dead horse, but it really is something that time and time again, even, even some of the, the executives that are very versed in ESG 
tell me they just almost wish that they could meet other people that are figuring it out and other companies to hear what what's working, what they're doing, because it is a very, in a, in a big way, kind of a new thing in some ways. Um, so my question is this, how has this ESG shift affected your business? And like 2021, Spock obviously is launching this, this newer company. There's a, there's a lot behind that. There is. So really the, the difference, you know, it's interesting. I, I said, this is what we've been doing for 20 years. So the big difference for us has just been how we're framing the discussion. We used to talk about energy savings and how much money we'd monetize what the savings was. Now we're talking about, you know, CO2 as well as money. Mm. Um, and I think that both are, of course, they, they both tie together. Yeah. Um, but it's it's a, it's a different discussion. It's yet also the same discussion. So. So on this next slide, we talked about, you know, there's not a one size fits all solution for everyone. And, and we use different technologies. We we specify and integrate and manufacture products that utilize them. So Ben Ben's going to talk a little bit about some of the different things that we can do. So here, just like we were saying, basically, we're Spock and the products and the solutions that we provide are really the central piece that brings everything together. You can see here are some of the main technologies and, and kind of components and options that a lot of our customers are thinking about or looking at, or maybe some that they aren't and they might more so, for instance, batteries is something that's always talked about. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's the right solution. Sometimes it's not. The reality is even within batteries, there's a multitude of different options. Mm -hmm. Even within lithium ion, there's a multitude of different options. So what's the right one for you? What's the one that's going to cost way too much? How can you get one that's a cheaper solution? Does that make sense for you? Mm -hmm. What are all your options there? A common DC bus gives a lot of a lot of capability when you're putting a lot of these things together, depending on what your, what your solution, what your system mm -hmm. looks like. Supercapacitors can be an excellent alternative to batteries that might save you a lot of money or be, you know, depending on, again, this all comes back to the operational profile and what mm -hmm. that's doing there. So mm -hmm. then the, the last one being variable speed generators, gensets, how for different load profiles, especially ones where you're spending a lot of time at different load ratings, variable speed can give you as much savings, if not more as a battery. But again, this is what all depends on what is that operating profile? What are you doing? And us helping you steer you towards those so that you get something that benefits you. But then what we're doing is basically providing you the components that do tie everything together and make it easy. Interesting. Cause that variable, the variable speed generator means maybe you're getting 250 kilowatts or, and then it goes up to 400, depending on what's happening. That's well, exactly that's, it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And because the key is at that 250, you're not so those, those inefficiencies we were talking about earlier. Yes. You can avoid those with the variable speed generator right. that give you better efficiency across the board. So exactly like we're talking about these different profiles and different mm -hmm. how different technologies make sense in different situations, uh, this is a perfect example of that, what we're looking at here. So on the left, you can see something that's staying at fairly constant power levels, but has a, a, a change throughout the day or week or year or whatever it may be. So you see different loading um, at those times. The variable speed gen set is what's going to give you better efficiency at all those different peaks. Um, on the right, for instance, though, is a system that has fairly low loading, but a lot of peaks. You would need a big 500 kilowatt generator in order to meet something, or probably more like 700 kilowatts yeah. realistically here for the ramp rating. But where you could use a battery is in a case like this. Here you could even get away with perhaps a 200 kilowatt generator. Mm. Then your battery system is taking all the load. So rather than your generator running at 10, 15%, Loading, which is again, 20, 25% wasted fuel. Mm. Your generator is running at 50% and your battery is doing all the work. Again, this is exactly what it comes back to that use the technologies to get the generator to do what the generator is good at and just load it up and be safe and easy and careful about it. And I think the other point of a lot of this too is that that's exactly what we're doing is helping you use your existing equipment 
in an easy way. What do you have? Let's do it and provide the solutions that help just everything work together better and allow you to implement new technologies with everything as you're doing it now. Yeah, that word hybrid just keeps coming to mind yeah. as you guys would come and not necessarily change everything, but just add and enhance. Yeah, it's it's already added and enhancing. We're not we don't want to completely fundamentally change the process. In fact, we don't want to change the process at all. We just want to make it work better. Yep. Yeah. So in the end, with these different solutions and and the opportunities around generators and, and ESG, what we're really doing is making it easy, making it easy to determine the right solution. The new technology is a new technology, a good fit and a benefit for you. Make it easy to implement that mm -hmm. technology, that solution into your existing system and do all that in a way that helps you meet your ESG goals and give you positive ROI. Make it an investment rather than an expense. And that's what we're really coming about. That's great. I, I want to congratulate you guys on covering a lot. I mean, this is a lot. You know, people throw around the ESG word a lot. I I really wanted to dive into that because I think understanding what you guys do and realizing, not just from a financial perspective, but just as a dad. I mean, we just talked about this in, in the episode prior. It's like, we want to do what's right for our kids and our kids' kids and beyond. And so the idea of somebody being able to be more responsible and make an impact, you know, to the environment goes a long way. So kudos to you guys. Um, I do want to ask you if anybody wants to get a hold of you, if they want to reach out and set up a meeting, how do they do that? Sure. I think uh, so. Email, I guess, is probably the best way, really. Mm -hmm. Gully at spotgrid.com. Okay. Um, and, or Ted. Uh, and I'm T. Wilkie, T-W-I-L-K-E at SpockAutomation.com. Uh, but, you know, our, our website, SpockGrid.com and SpockAutomation.com, um, they, they're cross-linked. You can get from one to the other. So Terrific. And we'll put all that uh, information in our show notes. Thank you again. Um, and we are here at Greentown Labs. Thank you, Greentown Labs, for having us. And until our next episode, have a great one. Check us out next week for another witty and sometimes spicy episode of the Oil & Gas Pitch Podcast, a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. Learn more at OGGN.com. Oh,